tips it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Matteau swoops in to intercept. Matteau behind the net. Swings it in front. He's Take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hello and welcome back to Agents of Field podcast for episode number 16. I am your host, Ryan Lessman, joined by four guests today. One of them is a returnee for his second time this month, fourth all time. Uh, joined again by Eric. Eric, how you doing this this fine e- evening? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, you got that this time. You got it right. It is four times. Did you pull that from the Excel sheet or no? We still I did don't not. have the Excel I just, sheet. I uh, just I actually used my brain for once. So that's a shame. It's a shame. But uh, yeah, time number four. I think I've been sick for half of them though. So we'll battle through another one today. Yeah. Well, you know, we hope you're starting to feel better. And, uh, you know, we're glad you're here with us battling through. Yeah, the uh, Eric uh, COVID game, we'll call it, the COVID pod. All right, perfect. So joining us all the way from the other side of the pond, from Liverpool, Ed Barton. Ed, how you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, this is my pod debut for anything. So. <laughs> awesome, so... A uh, first-time podcaster, and I'm sure you're going to be a great one. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about your sports fandom? Sure. Well, I'm English, so I don't really, frankly, care about American sports, do I? I've been a Liverpool Liverpool FC fan for 30 years, and that's never going to change. That's a a good... Liverpool is my heart and soul. Yeah, it's a good club to follow. You know, great history and uh, very successful at the current time. So you're a pretty happy man. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, finally, we're joined by not the normal Brian, uh, Brian Lee. We are joined by Brian Lithen, a friend of mine for, as we realized just now, almost 10 years. Brian, how you doing? Doing well. How about yourselves? <clears throat> doing great. We are happy to have you here. You want to tell the listeners Thank a little you. bit about Thank your you. sports fandoms? Yeah, so I'm also from New York. Um, so I like all the good New York sports teams that don't really perform very well most of the time. <laughs> I like the Rangers, Knicks, Giants, Yankees. Some of them are good. Um, but I really only pay a lot of attention to like Spurs in the Premier League and Occasionally, I watch like Hearts and Midlothian if you could find that. Um, and then Formula One is also really great. That's that's a first. You are the first person on the Agents of Field podcast to be a fan of Formula One. I know you and I have had this discussion, and I think it's something that's really growing. Um, and uh, you know, you've tried to convince me to watch it. I think I'm going to have to give it a go after your glowing endorsement. Oh, absolutely. Very so, fun. yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited about that. All right, so we are going to, this is our episode, it's going to be a uh, FIFA transfer uh, roundup. 
So we're going to go through some of the biggest moves that have happened since the transfer window has been open on July 1st, officially. And But before we do that, we're going to cover the news really quickly. Um, we're going to start with the, in hockey, the New Jersey Devils and the Pittsburgh Penguins. New Jersey Devils were active. They signed Andre Palat pretty much 10 minutes after we got off last week's podcast. So that was great to a five-year deal worth $6 million a year. Then they traded uh, Ty, defenseman Ty Smith, who was a sophomore in his sophomore season last year, struggled a little bit. They traded him to Pittsburgh for John Marino, who's another defenseman who's been around for a little while, making a little bit too much money. So they wanted to you know, change the scenery deal for both of them. And then the Penguins also sent Jeff Petrie and Ryan Paling to – sorry, excuse me. The Penguins received Jeff Petrie and Ryan Paling from Montreal from Mike Matheson and a fourth-round pick. Um, so, Eric, do you have any quick thoughts on any of the Devils' moves? Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the salary cap in the NHL strikes again. This is exactly the problem with this league right now and their flat cap that they've been talking about. Palat should have never left Tampa Bay. That should have never really happened, but salary cap strikes, and, look, you can't re-sign them. And then, obviously, this move, the other trades, uh, Petri makes a little too much. John Marino makes a little too much. And now all of a sudden these guys, no teams want them and they're just dumped in terrible trades that don't make any sense for the teams. So it's just something that the NHL is going to have to come to fix here in the next collective bargaining. But until then we got a bunch more of these moves to come in the next couple of years. Yep. The Penguins getting Jeff Petrie from Matheson. Matheson's 28, 29. Jeff Petrie's 35. When his deal expires, he'll be 38. Penguins are by far and away the oldest team in the NHL right now after this move. Yes. They were the oldest team before that. Um, Montreal's getting younger. They you know, had the first overall pick. So we'll have to see how those work out. Moving on to the world of baseball, we're going to save the biggest news for last. Uh, the All-Star Game and All-Star Game festivities were this past weekend. Uh, the home run derby, or sorry, so the All Star Game. It was announced on Monday that it would be determined by a home run derby. Three players from each side getting three pitches. If it was tied after nine innings, unfortunately, that did not happen. The AL won three to two. It was get, it was close down in the ninth inning, and uh, I was kind of under the impression that the pitcher was just going to kind of throw a softball down so they could get one run to make it a home run derby just for the entertainment value did not happen and also as part of the home run derby or home run sorry the all-star game festivities there was a home run derby which Juan Soto won defeating Julio Rodriguez in the final round from Seattle and how many Eric how many home runs did Juan Soto hit in the the championship oh you, know? you put me on the spot uh no i don't not off the top of my head i, I know rodriguez I hit 31 in the semifinal to beat pete alonzo yeah and i think he had 32 in the round before that he had an incredible amount in the first two i'm yeah. definitely throwing wrong numbers out there and i feel terrible right now to the listeners who are listening and they're <laughs> gonna be yelling at me that i'm yelling the wrong numbers out uh but i don't remember off the top of my head how many soto had that's fine but he did win uh one thing he probably will not win however or he may win, and overall, is he did not win $440 million. He was offered a $440 million deal over 15 years by the Washington Nationals and turned it down, and now the team is looking at trading him. 
A lot of the suitors are the teams you would expect, the Yankees, the Mets, the Padres, and the uh, St. Louis Cardinals are the four teams that are really in on him. Eric, what's your gut feeling here? Where do you think he ends up when he gets traded, not if? Uh, I guess it's still, I feel like they dump $500 million on him. He'll probably sign on the dotted line. So I don't think this one's over yet. Uh, he can go anywhere uh, of the teams you named uh, because not everyone has it in their farm system in order to make this happen because they're going to ask for at least four really good guys and then in the in the farm and then at least one major league player probably, at least maybe two, maybe even more than that. But there is a lot of talk that they're looking to dump either uh, most likely Corbin's contract because Strasburg's contract is not tradable right now at all because he can't even pitch. Uh, so I, I don't see the Yankees doing it because I think they just re-sign Judge and end with that. But if they don't get Judge, then they could do that. Uh, the I guess technically they have, they have Uncle Stevie, so they could do whatever they want because they're just going to throw money at uh, people and players. And they have the prospects, obviously, to do it, too. It can go anywhere, I guess. I don't think they trade him in the division, so that wouldn't make any sense for the Mets and Nationals to do that. So I, I guess if I got to pick one, give me the card, shock the world, and take them. The Padres makes a lot of sense, too, though. But they have Machado. Yeah. Either of those teams would make either Anthony or myself very happy. Padres yeah. fan right here. So... Just give me Last, the Dodgers. They have the money. Just give me the Dodgers. <laughs> dude, if they send them to the Dodgers, the baseball world will collapse. That team is uh, the team is just a wagon. So last Absolutely. bit of baseball news, last bit of news that we're going to cover today is the MLB draft. We're not going to cover it in detail. We're going to cover the top three picks, and then we will have a future episode either next week or in two weeks actually doing a full recap of the MLB draft. Uh, first overall pick, Jackson Holiday. Goes to Baltimore, number one, son of former MLBer Matt Holiday, and that's correct, Eric. Right, Matt Holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it right. And then uh, number to number number two, Drew Jones, son of former MLBer Andrew Jones, goes to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And at number three, Kumar Rocker, former Mets first round pick, goes to the Texas Rangers, which. That is a kind of shocking move that he, you know, he re-enters the draft. He goes to number three, joins up with some of his former teammates from college. Eric, any quick thoughts on these before we move on to what this episode is really for? Yeah, sure. We'll get to our soccer-specific uh, uh, podcast here coming up. But uh, last couple thoughts on the draft, I thought, uh, I thought both the coverage on ESPN and MLB were actually good. Uh, they made it into an actual event this year for the first time. Um, I really liked uh, Drew Jones. I actually think that guy's going to be special on defense. It's just whether or not the bat comes around. Holiday feels like more of a project to me, but I feel like this, uh, the swing could really work in Baltimore, and they've done a pretty good job actually developing prospects lately. And then Rocker was the big shocker. Uh, coming out of nowhere, didn't mean to rhyme that. Um, <laughs> that but I, that... They were talking about him in the 20s, maybe the late teens, uh, but it just shows that really they thought at the end of the day that he was an extreme talent, uh, even with the shoulder stuff that he had from last season and why the Mets didn't end up signing him. Uh, I bet they saved a little bit of money there. That's kind of how the MLB draft seems to work now, where it's just like, hey, if we can save money in this slot so we could draft somebody later and pay more for him, that seems like a little bit of this rocker thing. But good to see him and Lighter back together, who were killers at Vandy 
it'd be awesome to see them one two now in the majors too. Because he went to the Mets, right? He went seventeen or nineteen or something like no, that. He went two years ten ago. in the Mets. He went oh, 10, ten to the okay. Mets last year, and then he was able to re-enter the draft uh, this year. He spent right. a little time in independent ball, which is fun. Cool. So, you know, like we said, we'll have coverage on the MLB draft either next week or in two weeks. We are not going to be live next week, like we had said. So just a programming update. That episode is being pushed to two weeks. It's going to be pushed a little bit. We'll let you know. We'll keep you posted. Uh, But we will be live again soon, and we will have an MLB draft episode soon. So now we're going to do our quick two segments. We're going to do the Infinity Gauntlet trivia question and Ryan's Regal Review, starting off with the Infinity Gauntlet trivia question. All three of you will try to work together to solve the answer. Hopefully this question is not too easy for three pretty big football fans. So the how many that's straightforward. How many different unique clubs have won the UEFA Champions League? You look at the exact number. The exact right? number. The exact number. Um, uh, there's. Oh, oh, how how long are you giving us? Because we could try to do the math here. If we, how long you, are you giving us? You've got a minute. All right. So Scotland, I'm pretty sure it's just the one. I think it's just Celtic. I think they won at some point. We're talking about the whole yeah. version of it, right? Yes. We're not. We're European talking about Champions League. Never. So they were second. Real Madrid has like twelve times. Yeah. But I mean, right. they've got like six. Milan have got about six. Liverpool have got six. Just that's thirty, just there. Yeah. Of the whole. All right. Uh, well, no, sorry. sorry. There's, there's, there's no, no twenties. Okay. Yeah. You're looking. How many teams have actually won this thing of yes. all time? All yes. the way back since the inception, now when they changed the name, the whole, the whole, the whole time. London Forest won at one point too. Belgrade has won at one point. Story right. Booth, the rest of it. Chelsea so, one. looking for yeah. a final answer. Ed There's said probably low twenties. Like English teams. Ed said English low twenties. Give me an exact number. Twenty-four. Twenty-two. Three Germans. Eric, uh, do you have a do you have a guess? Uh, twenty-four me, and twenty-two are on the board. Twenty-two. It's not right. Give me eighteen. Brian is correct. 22 different teams have won the UEFA Champions League. So, great job, Brian. Good job on uh, deduction skills and uh, good job trying to help counting, Eric. I tried. I tried. (laughs) I was trying to do it. We'll just do league by league and we'll get close to a number, but it didn't happen. They couldn't figure it out in a minute quick enough. All right. So, on to Ryan's Regal Review. Uh, Movie I saw was not necessarily a typical movie it was a documentary i watched the unrivaled documentary on espn the 60 for six or the e60 uh between the colorado avalanche and detroit red wings watched it last weekend phenomenal very well produced very informative enjoyable to both hockey like diehard hockey fans uh and non-hockey fans and you know it's just it was it was really good it was really well done um anyone in between so Highly recommend it on ESPN Plus E60 Unrivaled. And I saw the Minions has any recently, and I loved it. <laughs> that does not shock me. I loved uh, it. 
I don't know. I kind of got sick of minions after a while, you know, seeing one, two, three in the first minions. But you know what? If Brian gives a glowing endorsement for it, maybe I'll have to go see it. Do so, it. <laughs> um, all right. So we're going to move on to the world of FIFA transfers. So we're going to start. We're going to try to go team by team a little bit. Um, we might go out of order. Might talk about some other players. So top of the list, we're going to talk about Chelsea. They uh, sold Romelu Lukaku to from uh, to Inter Milan. Andreas Christensen went to Barcelona, and Antonio Rudiger, or Rudiger, excuse me, uh, went to Real Madrid. And they brought in Raheem Sterling, and I'm going to butcher this, Kalidou Koulibaly. Close enough. Yeah, close enough. Oh. All right. So Ed, starting with you, Chelsea. Thoughts? Um, I think they're lighting centre-back. Uh, centre I know they've signed Koulibaly and they're probably about to sign Joel Koundé, but letting both Christensen and Rudiger go is big, especially when they're not getting any money for them, for either of them. Uh, mm -hmm. I think they'll st still end up doing well. They'll probably finish third because they're probably the third best team in the league behind the obvious two. The one I'm, the one I can't really understand so much is Lukaku. He's only he's only going on loan, but he'll probably end up staying in Milan anyway. He's he's a really really good footballer. He's strong. He's fast. He's a great finisher. He just has never really done it at Chelsea. And yeah. he bangs them in for him for Inter Milan. He scored twenty three, twenty four goals in the two seasons he was there. Yeah, seems like one of those those players that, you know, he'll try, he'll go back to the team a bunch of times and try to, you know, help them out and see if he can then put it together after taking a spell somewhere else. Just can never get it done at Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, Brian, yeah, any he, other thoughts? Uh, the Kunde deal is going to happen probably tomorrow. Um, there were talks, deep talks, in like um, today in Sevilla. So I'm just waiting for the here we go tweet, um, which I think is going to be great. I think Raheem Sterling's going to add a lot of depth, and I think it's going to allow like Ziyech to leave. I think they want to just get rid of him. Um, Lukaku, I saw through all that nonsense at the beginning of last season when he was coming back. Dude just was like, never thought he was going to be a very big, crucial asset. I think a lot of people were excited for it because it's like, oh, Chelsea great has come back. Like, we're back. Um, but his attitude was just something that really always butted heads with Tuchel. And as a result, he just never was able to be utilized as he wanted to be. He didn't own the, the football club as he wished he did, basically. When he gave that one interview in I think it was late last year, uh, basically saying, like, oh, I want to go back to Milan, that was, I think, really disheartening to a lot of fans. So I don't think a lot of fans are sad to see him go just because he was just kind of a, a – Debbie Downer. Um, we all knew Rudiger was going to leave, especially with all the uncertainty behind the ownership. There was a while, I remember, it was back like right when the first invasion and sanctions were happening against Abramovich. Um, like, he just wasn't... He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done, because I think that was just a little too much uncertainty for him. We knew, he didn't know where his paychecks were going to come from. No one knew if people were going to be able to go to games or if they could travel to their next games. It was nuts, so... 
I don't blame him for looking elsewhere. I wish all that didn't happen because I think that would have actually put Chelsea in a better position in this transfer window. But all that uncertainty was just a little too much, especially so late in the season. Eric, anything to add there? Uh, sure. Uh, I'll hop in a little bit. I, I I do agree with what Ed was kind of saying. These are some decent moves, but it still feels like they're just going to be the team that finishes in third this year uh, behind Liverpool and Man City. It just doesn't feel like enough. Sterling's just going to jump from every big English team, it just looks like. He'll probably hit four out of the five or five out of the five by the end. He's definitely going to have a stint at Tottenham, I feel like. I really feel yeah. like that one's coming. But when he's out <laughs> of his prime, probably. Yes, exactly, exactly. When he's prime, maybe he goes international a little bit for a year or two. He comes back and plays for Tottenham. I could see it already. Uh, they do feel light uh, in the back, and uh, relying on Thiago Silva feels like really risky at this point in his career. Lukaku, no surprise, going back to Inter Milan. I, I obviously have some theories and thoughts on why he jumped to Chelsea. I think it was just one of those, I want to be the king of Chelsea just to go do it because I flopped there, but then he flopped again. I feel like they're kind of looking for what Lukaku, Lukaku sorry, could have been uh, still a little bit to me up top for Chelsea, but it just never happened with them last year. And so he went back to Inter because he can bang 30 goals there, no problem. And he enjoyed it there. So uh, overall, still feel like this is a third place team at the end of the day for Chelsea. Sterling will be nice. He'll bang 20. I feel like this year, 15-something. He'll be, he'll, he'll be a key contributor. Right. Yeah, I mean, believe me, as a Spurs fan, uh, I will not be sad to see Chelsea not be – if they struggle because of their them being light in the back end, I will be happy with that. Let Harry Kane and uh, and Sonny run right through them as, as everyone else's front line will be doing. But – yeah, it just seems like they did not have the greatest transfer window. And I didn't even think about that, uh, about the ownership thing. Like, I kind of had forgotten that that was causing uncertainty. So it seems like that definitely was a, a big factor here. With I mean, they, they did get two really good players, but they lost more than they gained. And I don't know. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to see what pans out. But we're going to move on to Spurs now. Spurs were very, have been very, very busy. I think they have six or five signings, brought in a player on loan, and have only sent out one major player from their uh, main roster. So they added Ivan Perisic from Inter Milan. They added Richarlison from Everton. They added uh, Legnet from Barcelona on loan. Spence from Middlesbrough. And the other signing they did, had was they added Fraser Foster from Southampton. Is that where he came from, I believe? Yeah, he's, yep. he's a, a choice keeper. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be the number two behind Yuris. And they also added Yevis Basuma from uh, Brighton. But they said they sent uh, they sold Steven Bergwijn to Ajax, and they have a laundry list of players that. Um, Conte has now told that you can try to find a new club because we're no longer interested in your services. Uh, you know, Giovanni Lo Celso, Tange Ndombele, Brian Heal, a lot of players that were regulars under um, either Pochettino or um, uh, Nuno are no longer going to be with the club probably come the start of the Premier League season. But Brian, you're the Spurs guy here. 
What do you make of these moves? I think they've been great. It's about time that, um, oh, what's the dude's Daniel Levy finally put his money where his mouth is. They added a degree of separation within the transfer or within the last season of between Daniel Levy and the director of football, which I think was needed. Um, that was the big issue with um, Mourinho's that the owner of the club, director of football, never got behind um, Mourinho to begin with. Never put out the money, never let anything happen. That's why Spurs kind of slipped the last couple of years to, you know, Europa Conference League, which was horrible. No one wanted to be the manager for them because, well, they were in the Conference League. If Daniel Levy doesn't want to shell out money when you have teams like City who put out a billion pounds for their for their uh, entire squad. But I think this is the first time we're seeing something great for a long time. The Perisic deal was very, very lightning fast. They've, they've closed a lot of deals really early in the transfers window, which I think was a statement of like, we're here, we're doing this, we're getting behind Conte. And I think that resonates a lot with the fans. There's a lot of people that are just excited and ecstatic for the next season. I think it's a very strong side that's been built. Uh, I think the Perisic deal was fantastic. Uh, there's a lot of synergies already there with Conte and Perisic, you know, working together for that 2021 or 2020-2021 um, season at Inter when they won the um, won the league. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see where how he'll fit in, especially with like the he's going to play like a left wing back. Conte loves his left wing backs, and I think that will be a really physical position for him there. Uh, very excited to see what he does. Um, let's see what's next. Bazuma was an exciting one to see. I think they got him for a steal. Um, such a midfielder. It just adds a lot of depth there. We already got a lot of great attacking midfielders that will really just dominate. And with that depth, we don't have to rely on like a few big names that, you know, they get hurt and then that's it. <laughs> Um, right. And the same goes for Vasharlison. I think Vasharlison is a, a very interesting and complex one because we already have some really strong, really strong forward um, capabilities, especially with Sun and Kane. But now we have Vasharlison who likes to play center, center left. I think, you know, his flamboyant, hard pressing football is going to be really welcomed and liked. He's going to really just push through a lot. And I think he's going to add a, a level of really just like a ride or die um, mentality. And I think that's what Conte is looking for. And I think Conte and him are going to get along very well, which we'll see a lot of really great things from. And now we don't have to rely on playing Kane every game that we want to win. We don't have to rely on Sun for every game that we want to win. And it just opens up a lot of opportunity there to experiment with the midfield, experiment with our, our forwards. Yeah, I, and I totally... I think the, Go ahead. Yeah, I think... The, the Jed Spence deal was interesting and it was really between him and I know that Spurs were looking into the buyout clause for Kyle Walker Peters, but I think Spence will be a better signing in the end, just with the physicality. Conte mm -hmm. really likes to play a very physical game where he just is physical. He wants to absolutely dominate everyone. So I think that will fit in with the Conte formula better. Yeah, really no, absolutely. So my, but I still uh, think we're lacking in our center backs. Yeah, I think you know the the thing that's exciting about this is because 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but this seems like the first time that they're opening the wallet since we sold Gareth Bale and we had all that money come in from the Bale transfer. Like, this is the first time we've had yep. six-plus signings in a transfer window. So I yep. think that's what's really exciting is to finally see that it, it didn't rely on selling one of your top players to be able to open the wallet. They finally, you know, are backing the manager, backing the football club. Um, so I think that's really exciting to see and you know ed as a fan outsider fan do you have a perspective on this um yeah like i say it is about time daniel levy put his hand in his pocket because you haven't spent any money for since you like to say since gareth Bale left uh i perisic is a strange one for me because i know he's i know conte loves him i know he's played for conte before but he's 33 and he's going to be running up and down the left wing for a, a lot of the game. And I don't know if he's going to last. Richarlison, I think, is a really good player. He spends far too much time on the deck. And yep. <laughs> yep. Again, I think you've got I think you've got a better player in exactly the same position that he plays in Son. I think Son's one of the best players in the Premier League. I love him. I love him at Liverpool. That's never going to happen. <laughs> Centre back, I think you think you're a bit light. I think is there is there a chance that they could have got in ahead of Chelsea for Kunde, maybe? Because as far as I can tell, you've only got one good centre back. Yeah, I think there was a chance, but it was just there was so much interest. There was so much interest already from Chelsea, and then Barcelona was throwing their hat in the ring. So. Mm. I don't think anything would have escalated further. I think Kunde really wanted to go elsewhere than Spurs. Yeah, I mean, it de definitely seems like the 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 good centre back you're referring to was Romero, correct? Uh, no, no, it's Clement Longley. Longley, he's oh, just okay. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I I already forgot that we added him. I mean, yeah, it's going to be Romero, Sanchez, and Dyer filling in on that that other centre back spot. Seems like for this year, um, yeah. is the I didn't write this in the notes, but is is the uh, like net the Lynette deal? Um, is it loan to buy? Does anyone know, or is it just straight loan? As far as I know, it's just a loan. I, I had a look and I couldn't see any. It's a season, season long loan. Season long loan. Okay. So I mean, hopefully he could, you know, help us at least for this season. And if there's a chance to to buy him at a later point and he does well. I'm sure that that's something that they'll explore, but not sure that that's a uh, possibility. A lot of it has to do with how Christensen performs at Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn Chelsea affecting our club, even without playing us. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is going to be a completely different club than we saw even last season based on bringing in six new players and the laundry list of players that have been told to go kick rocks pretty much. So Eric, any closing thoughts on Spurs before we move on? Yeah, it's a uh, fight for the champions league. Finally, let Conte do what, uh, what he wanted to do or, um, and bring in the players he wanted. And it seems like he's done that. Uh, my questions are actually around Charleston and kind of how he fits and how this is all going to work. I think he will just because I think him, Son, and Kane are just so talented that it won't matter. They'll find a way to get it to work. 
And in the defense, it's still a little light. Uh, the Christensen thing is actually huge because I feel like Barcelona is still actually kind of a little short in the back. So I feel like that Langley will eventually just go back to Barcelona unless Tottenham decides to overpay, which we'll see if the Levy pockets are going to continue. But uh, I, I still think this is a solid Tottenham side that will be fine and competitive for potential Champions League football. Yeah, I, I ultimately think they, they finish in that four to five spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I so think they finish higher. You think I they really finish do. above Chelsea? Yes. Wholeheartedly do. Yeah, I mean, believe me, I would be very, very happy with that. Um, I just, knowing us, we always somehow manage to shit the bed at the worst time of the season. So We started so strong, or the second half of the season when we had those first tastings from Conte and his transfer ambitions the side was just a night and day if you compare them to where they were around thanksgiving when we lost to some farmers in the netherlands or something <laughs> to where we where we became come february we beat man city in the 96th minute like and then on going on from there it was just the spurs were just tearing it up and i think that with more of the players that are just on conte's t- like wavelength the entire time it's just going to be a great season, great spectacle. They're going to put a great show on for us, and we'll see what happens. It's going to be a competitive feel again this year. Um, I thought last season was super competitive all throughout. There was, there was races everywhere, so any place you want it to be in, it's competitive. Yeah. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that, a um, bit of a diaspora from City, and I think that, nonetheless, we're going to have really great Spurs football coming up. We're going to have it on a Wednesday. And in their season this year, it's going to be, I think, very good. Hey, Unless we... the World Cup doesn't fuck everything up. But... <laughs> yeah, we can we which can it, Which it will. I'm sure it will. Between the players coming back ridiculously exhausted because they're playing, even though it's November and they're still playing in 100-degree heat um, and whatever. Nope, they're inside. Oh, cool. <laughs> they're inside, but Poor still come back on Boxing Day. Yeah. Yeah. Fitness so, is going to be down. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, let's just hope in a prayer and coys. So, Eric, we're going to start with you on this one. Uh, talk about Manchester United. They added uh, Lissandro Martinez from Ajax. They added Christian Eriksen, who was on a six-month deal at Brentford after his scary incident uh, playing for the, the Denmark national team. And they sold uh, Matic to Roma. You know, what are your thoughts on adding Martinez and Eriksson? Is is uh, Eric Ten Hag, uh, you know, find, getting some players he can really get a lot out of, or is it just going to be another United finishing in sixth or seventh? Uh, this few, I'll give him a little bit more than six and seven, maybe fifth or six. But this feels like more of a, this team just needs a culture reset. And pretty much it's almost like everyone must go or most of the team must go. I know he's getting a couple of Ajax guys in there, Erickson and Martinez, that at least understand him and his system and kind of what he believes. Uh, overall, though, I still feel like it's short and everyone kind of they just need a cultural reset and that's the biggest thing they need right now. Uh, I know there were some rumblings, maybe Ronaldo leads. I still can't believe if that man plays Euro league football, like that would still shock me at the end of the day. They probably 
he'll probably float around just because I don't think he'd go down like this with the ship, but this team just needs a cultural reset. This is the start of it. It's going to be bumpy before it becomes great. Ed, what are your thoughts on the uh, the team over at Old Trafford? Um, I don't think they've improved enough to do any better, really. Lissandra yeah. Martinez is decent centre-back. He's can play midfield as well but he won't but he's he's only five foot nine he's really mm-hmm. short for a center back he's gonna and he's gonna be playing against people like harry kane and erling Haaland and all of the giants that play for well not burnley because they're not in the league anymore but <laughs> teams like burnley who seem to very physical be, league yeah it'll be interesting yeah. to see how he deals with players like that or if he really has to rely on harry Maguire and I don't think any team who's got ambitions to play in the Champions League should be around behind over Perry Maguire. No, I mean, it, it seems like they're going to have to. I mean, when you're playing, like you said, you're playing these giants. I mean, the guy who's 5'9 is not going to be able to get up there. I mean, he's going to have to crawl on the backs and be taking, penal- and taking penalties. Like, I don't know. I just don't see that really working out against most opponents or at least the top opponents that you need to beat regularly to be in those top spots. So, I love I love this. By the way, I, I want this is to carry on for another thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, United are such a they're just horrible. Uh, it's just, there's everything's wrong. Nothing's yeah. going right for them. And- but one thing that I think you know, both of us, I think all of us are happy about. But Brian, I know you and I are happy is that Christian Eriksen is playing football again. And yeah, okay, this. This is an interesting one with him going there. Um, it's you know I think Brentford really stuck their neck out for him. I mean he couldn't play in Italy because he's got like a pacemaker, um, but they really stuck his neck their neck out for him. But at the end of the day, he was their best player, and I bet it's pretty hard when you're trying to play competitive competitively when you're like the best player on a very small club. Um, not to say that they're small; they had a great a great season. They've come a long way, um, but it's hard to it's hard to see him go from there for the place that like gave him a shot to United of all places. But he's looking for bigger and better things. He's looking to come back, really show the world where he is. Yeah, I mean, I I hope that he can get back and be a regular in that lineup, and you know his his health is not going to deter him from his career. Um, because when he was at Spurs, he was he was the first, the second player I fell in love with, you know, as a as a player ever. The first was Laton, and then was Christian Eriksen. So, um, I I really he's the first Tottenham jersey I had. I'm a big fan of him. Um, I wish him good in his career, successful personally, but I don't necessarily wish United success. So, um. Any any other things, any rumblings we're hearing about United, if they're going to be really doing anything else that could fix the cultural problems and everything else that's going on there? Other than Ronaldo leaving, which I think needs to happen for United, they they keep getting linked with Frankie de Jong at Barcelona. He's quality, but he doesn't want to play for him. And for United, he doesn't want to play outside the Champions League and he doesn't want to move, move to Manchester. Well, I think a lot of what De Jong's holding up De Jong 
from going to Manchester is this deferred salary payment of yeah. like 17 million euros. Um, I think that's holding up the deal. I think it's all about money. Probably. The young would fit. I feel like they're still very light in the midfield and they desperately need him. And I feel like they're just kind of waiting for him at this point and then they'll oh. decide what to do with the rest of it. Yeah. Barcelona want him to go. They're like, go. <laughs> and he's like, I mean, they're, they're going to pay them like 60 million euros for him or 60 million pounds. Like, Barcelona needs that money. And uh, yeah. I don't think that they can afford his deferred payment. Um, and that's why they want him gone. But he wants his deferred payment. So I don't think he's going to go unless that deal is, is resolved. And um, that's that's what I think is holding it up. And they, I think United need him. And I think he'll do well with the fellow Dutchman on the, at the helm. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's all Barcelona's fault. <laughs> We'll uh, we'll see what happens with with United. I uh, I don't necessarily know that I see them being any good this year. I mean, they'll obviously finish in the top ten most likely. Um, but you know, if the Ronaldo saga continues into the season, that could be a big deterrent. So they would, I think they would like to get that solved one way or another, pretty pretty rapidly. So next team we're going to talk about Ed. This is going to be all you, the Reds. Um, they added they added Fabio Carvalho from Fulham, and they added Darwin Nunez from uh, Benfica, and they sold uh, Divac Origi to AC Milan, and Sadio Mane left for Bayern. But honestly, of all these moves, the biggest one was probably being able to keep uh, extend Mo Salah. Yeah, definitely. Mo, Mo Salah is one of our best players, him and Alison Becker and Virgil van Dijk are, are our best players, in my opinion. Um, Sadio Mane, is, he's won everything he can at Liverpool. He wants a new challenge, so can't blame him for wanting to win everything in uh, Bayern Munich, which he will, probably. Because <laughs> uh, he's and he's, he's going to play every game because they don't have Lewandowski anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, replacing him with Darwin Nunes is going to be fun because it's it's a different kind of striker that we haven't really had for a long time. He's, he's big, he's fast, he can get, can play off the left, but he's going to be playing centre forward for us. And it'd be interesting to see what Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold do with a target that isn't. I, lo- I love Divock Origi, but he's not been the most prolific player for Liverpool. I love Divock Origi for who all his, like, Big goals. They want to get one at the end of the uh, Everton game, the Barcelona one, the one against Spurs, which was just fun. <sighs> I had to break up. Come on. No, it's, uh, I, I know. Fabio Cavallo looks like a really interesting guy. He's only a kid. He's he absolutely ripped up in the championship last season. And it'd be very interesting to see what he does with us. I, I think he'll play i think he'll play in the field and it'll be very interesting to see what happens but yeah most Salah staying is the biggest thing from, yeah. from this season for us absolutely i mean he's a, he's a phenomenal player he's one of my favorite non-spurs players to watch um i i really just 
enjoy watching him on the field. Um, so I think that's that's a, a big keep more than anything, honestly. If if they would have lost both Origi and uh, Mane and didn't add anybody else but kept Salah, I still think it honestly would have probably been okay. I mean, so many me now as well. Mm-hmm. A couple of others that gone out that didn't play very much. Right. Yeah, I, I tried to come up with this list with with the biggest names and go into the biggest spots. Yeah. Fair. Um, if I missed any, I apologize. But Eric, thoughts on Liverpool? Uh, what what is uh, what is J- our friend James Cassidy have to look forward <laughs> to for this season? Yeah, listen, they're still top side at the end of the day, even though I know losing Mane is huge, but hopefully the uh, Nunez replaces them and just kind of that's just a fit. And, but that will probably take a little bit to fit, I feel like. I know Nunez is, was a quick signing, so he's in early. He's already training. But I still feel like that chemistry still needs to be built with uh, Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold and even Salah and uh, Firmino, I guess, is still going to be in there a lot and Diego Jota and whoever kind of fits that other spot uh, opposite Salah. So, you know, um, we are still very good. They're still title contenders. I don't see why they, they wouldn't. They're still Champion League contenders. Hopefully this time they get over the hump and win it. Um hopefully i feel like with a team this talented they absolutely should it's just maybe a possibility of when but uh the money thing will hurt though i feel like he's obviously really good it was one of those shocking transfers it's like wait why would you want liverpool but i guess it's just you know sometimes guys need to change the scenery uh team's still solid title contenders beat man city or else there's going to be a big man city problem is i think that's going to be five out of six i think if they win again man city so, oh, and they seem like the only contenders as of right now. It feels like it feels like everyone else is a drop off. Yeah, Brian. Any any additional thoughts on Liverpool? Um, I'm not super bullish on Liverpool this season. Um, I think that the well, Luis Diaz was a like you know some rocket fuel they added in January. Can't forget about that. Um, Mane going, I think, was just business. I think it was good business. Uh, he had a few years left of his contract. You know, they got 30 million pounds out of it, too. Um, and, you know, they were paying him, like, an ungodly amount of money. And all, like, you know, they're bringing in Darwin Nunez is going to play in the same position. And just, it's, they would have to fight for a position. They'd have to pay him millions and millions of pounds throughout the year. I just think that it's better to save that money and spend it elsewhere than keep him there. But with that being said, I don't think they really upgraded their squad a lot. Um I think it's going to be a lot of the same, but I mean, Klopp does what Klopp does, and I think we're looking at a cool third or fourth for them. Oof, Ed might jump through the screen and come after you. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I think this, I think this season's going to be competitive all around. I think there's a lot of really good talent in there now, and I think the playing field's a little more level this year too. Yeah, so. Another team that's going to be competing at the top with Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, probably not United, but uh, Man City. They probably added one of the biggest names in the Premier League this year in all of football. They added Erling Haaland from uh, Borussia Dortmund. That was that has long been rumored. That has long been pretty much done, and it just officially got confirmed. Uh, they basically said... Uh, they let 
Gabriel Jesus go to Arsenal, as well as uh, Alexander Zinchenko also went to Arsenal. And we're going to kind of wrap. Arsenal only had one sending out, so we're going to kind of wrap these two together because those moves go hand in hand. Uh, Alexander Lacazette left Arsenal to go to Lyon. So we'll talk about City and Arsenal in the same vein here. Anyone want to start specifically? I know none of you were super allegiant to either of these teams. So uh, I think Holland, De Bruyne will be just nuts. <laughs> I think it's just going to be nuts. It'll be fun to watch. Uh, it's like Holland's price at fantasy already is like eight and a half million. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, he he's been one of the the best players for a couple of years now uh, at Dortmund. I mean, he's been ridiculous. Him and De Bruyne are going to be unreal together. I mean, and uh, I just hate that. Can we go back to the time when City was was facing relegation and going down to uh, the Championship? Like, I I hate that we have to climb over this mountain. Obviously we were able to beat them, you know, late after the boost we got from Kulisevsky and Bentancur late last season, but it's very rare that, I mean, anybody's beating City. Anybody's beating Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool's not going anywhere they've been, but Man City, whatever. Um, I'm just over it. Well, Um, I'm worried about City, I think. Yeah, me too. Like like you say, Erling Haaland and Captain Bruyne are two of the best players in the world. Erling Haaland is literally like if you made a player on FIFA to be the best striker in the world, <laughs> he's Erling that's, Haaland. That's exactly it. And he was always going to go to City because of his dad. Well, right. really part, part of it was because his dad was there for so long. Oh, half he was there. And... They admitting they paid a lot of money to his agent and to his dad to get it over the line, but that's what you get for being able to spend and only spend fifty million on him. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really cheap, relatively. It's uh, it's and then you know the casualties that come from that of signing a player like that for that you know for the the transfer fee combined with his actual salary. You know, you're going to lose a, a Jesus. You're going to lose a Zinchenko. They go to Arsenal. Eric, do you have any thoughts on how these players are going to fit in at the Gunners? Oh yeah, uh, I think they're they're both kind of there because of Arteta, who is obviously uh, Man City's former assistant. Um, I, I, based on the fact that they're going, I'm sure they were promised huge roles at the team. I think Jesus is probably their starting striker for now until he goes 10 scoreless games in a row, right? It's going to take a while for him to get off of that. Uh, I think he'll be fine there. I think he'll be good. Uh, I think he'll be solid. But I think going from Jesus to Highland, though, at Man City, though, that's a lot bigger jump than I think people realize. Like, that Highland's just that good at football. Uh, that that Man City team just got even stronger. And then Zachenko, I don't know where he's going to fit in. I don't know if it's left back like he plays at a club or in the center of the park where he plays more internationally. I don't know where he's going to fit in at Arsenal, but I know that guy's going to play and he's going to get a lot of game and he's going to be good good for them and a solid at. 
Fair enough. Anyone additional thoughts? Arsenal? I think that they're going to be very strong this season. Um, I think a big problem they had last season is all like 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds running the whole game. And that's just kind of what their model was, but they were decent. They were decent. And I think they've had like really good success in this transfer window. Um, I'd love to see where Zajenko fits in. I think he's playing in Orlando one night this week. He's already training there, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Gabriel Jesus was great in Baltimore last weekend, and I think it's just a sign of things to come from them. I think they'll 100% finish above United. I think that's a given. Yeah. Um, I think they're a much stronger squad than they were last year, and I think they've learned a lot, you know, just getting older with the game. Um, and I think Saka really had a lot of trouble, especially after the Euros last year, that kind of bled into his performance at, at Arsenal through last season. And I just think the squad was just missing a lot of depth, and I think they're achieving a lot of that now. Fair enough. Ed, anything to add there? No, I think, like Eric said about Arteta, he knows what to do with these two. He knows where their best positions are. And I think Zinchenko's going to play in the field. I don't think he'll be left back very often, if at all. If if Kieran Tin picks up a big injury, then maybe he goes back there. But I don't know if, I don't think he'll be playing left back very often anymore. It's really, they're really good, and I think they'll probably be, yeah, fifth head of United behind Chelsea and Spurs. I'm be curious my... to see what comes out of Thomas Partey. If we're going to hear anything new about that, what that's going to mean. Hmm. Or whoever this 29-year-old foreign North London soccer player is who oh, yeah, got arrested. That. I'm really curious to see if my suspicions are correct on who it is. Uh, I hope it's not a spur. That's all I I can say. It's not 100% not son. (laughs) Dude sleeps like shares a bed with his father. (laughs) Um, So, all right, we're going to talk about one more team in the Premier League that had some American signings, um, big names, Leeds. They added both Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson. Uh, Tyler Adams comes over from Red Bull Leipzig, and Brendan Aronson comes over from Red Red Bull Salzburg. Uh, Eric, we'll start with you here on the Americans going to Leeds. Um, what What are your thoughts on Adams and Aronson? Well, for I'll, I'll keep it U.S. based um, for this part. It's huge for the U.S. national team. Both these guys need minutes going into the World Cup here in November. Adams just wasn't getting it at Leipzig. They pretty much told him that here's the door. He gets uh, he comes to Leeds with Jesse March, which was his coach in the MLS year. So they already have a connection. They know how to use him. Adams was a 16-year-old kid when he started, and Marsh was the guy who gave him his first chance. So he definitely knows what to do with him and how to utilize him in that number six role. And the worst case comes to worst, they could use him a little bit at right back. I don't think he really likes to do that, but I doubt they use him that way. 
Uh, and Aronson's a goal getter. He can get some assists. He's going to create some chances for him. And I think he'll fit in perfectly at Leeds and he'll do great with another MLSer and Jack Harrison. So just keep the MLS thing going. <laughs> but they're out to prove that the MLS works, I guess. I guess that's the, that's what Leeds is trying to do. All right. I, I applaud Leeds for attempting that, but I'm not sure that anybody else would really agree with that. So, um, Ed, we're going to, or Brian, do you, before we go to you, Ed, do you have any other thoughts on some of these American players taking the step over to Leeds? I think it's great. Um, good representation. Um, especially just going into the World Cup, it's just we'll have more publicity around it. I think that'll get a lot of people who don't watch the sport supporting the World Cup, and I think it's good, you know, sowing the seeds for 2026. I think we still have a lot of work to do before, I think, we as a population are ready to host a world cup um but i also think if, before we leave the topic of leads good to know calvin phillips i think that's a, you know I, I think he was looking for he left leads i think i think it was like 50 million pounds that yeah an unbelievable city number paid only for that man city yeah only the number that man city could pay yeah that, that yeah was the... and it was like Go ahead. what's good about that and i think this is something I felt last year with Grealish going there was, you know, it gave very similar roles, obviously less money, but um, Austin Villa got a hundred million pounds out of Grealish for free. I think that was great. I think that really, I mean, you can see it throughout last season, like Villa were able to actually splash some cash around and they, they had a pretty decent season. I mean, nothing special, but like, to think that those that team was in the, the championship not too long beforehand. I think it secured them financial future, and I'm hoping that's going to happen with Leeds as well. And I think you can see that with like all that extra money coming in. I think they needed that. Yeah, the other player that you know you talk about Calvin Phillips, but Rafina also left Leeds. He goes to Barcelona. That was another. Uh, oh big, yeah, how big can move. I forget that? <laughs> yeah, so, so they're, they're Leeds was set up in a really interesting way when they got promoted. And I think that was it was just good business, where they're able to actually compete pretty well. Their first season in the Premier League was obviously better, but I think that with that injection of cash from transfers, that's a good net positive. It's something you don't see from a lot of clubs. Um, Rafinha, man, that guy just really just blue balled every club in London before going off to <laughs> Barcelona. Just really just blue balled them all. Yeah, Ed, do you have any uh, additional thoughts on Rafina, Calvin Phillips? Uh, I'll be honest, I forgot Calvin Phillips had gone to City. Yeah, I didn't have him in my City roundup. I had forgotten that as well. Ed, looks like we lost your audio again. Um, so, Eric and Brian, you can hear me still? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Good. Okay, cool. So um, while Ed tries to figure that out really quick, um, yeah, I honestly, Calvin Phillips is not a player I knew a ton about, so that's why he wasn't on our city roundup. But um, if you guys say that he's worth talking about, obviously we did. Um, so if that makes me look dumb, sorry, there's a lot you of things that make me look talking. dumb. No, I'm just joking. So... Um, all right, we're going to move over to Barcelona. We're going to talk – obviously, they, we just said that they added Rafinha. 
And they also added Robert Lewandowski comes over from Bayern, you know, long time at that club. And he now goes to Barca. Uh, Barca. Brian, what are your thoughts on a Lewandowski moving over to Spain? Um, he just wants to have a golden boot. That's or it. He wants Ballon d'Or. He wants, yeah. he wants Ballon d'Or. And uh, for whatever reason, he was not getting it at Bayern. Maybe he'll get it there. Or I just hope they can pay his salary. Yeah. I mean, they, they've had some financial stuff going on, huh? For a little while. So I don't understand how a club so big is broke. It's just bizarre. Did you see they're doing weddings there now? Like you can get a wedding at Camp Nou for like 3,000 pounds or 3,000 euros. It's like sad. Hell, I'll rent out Camp Nou, say it's my wedding and have a party <laughs> on the pitch there for 3,000 euros. Nice little rave. Dollar being stronger than the euro now. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean – it just it's so funny because they went from such prominence they had all these great players including Messi and Xavi and all of these you know really really great players and in a matter of 2 3 years 4 years they just have fallen apart they've gone broke they can't seem to i mean they're attracting talent but they can't attract the millions of or hundreds of millions of pounds talent it's just bad business yeah, I mean, they try to keep up with, like, oil-injected clubs like uh, PSG, which we could talk about, too. Um, <laughs> they just can't. Yeah. And Eric, they well, just make bad choices yeah. and they sell at a loss. That's what they do. That's and fair. They, for, for, a while, for a while, it didn't matter because they were just making so much money winning everything. Right. Right for yeah. them, it didn't matter just because they had Messi and it just and they had other talents. Don't don't get me wrong; those teams are are were excellent, but they had Messi and they could just keep surviving with Messi, and that's all that mattered because they'd be good every year. They're gonna make the Champions League no matter what. Um, and then second he leaves, they they start struggling mightily. Yeah, the money thing does not make sense with them. I get they're kind of like a small club that got Messi, became big. Well, oh, not even that, but like went to a whole new. They're always big. Yeah, they were always big, but they hit, hit like a new level with with him and you know the teams that they had. But just the to bar not for success was it is bad so business. high. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the the weird thing is, is like they had the Neymar money too, and that that money's all gone, uh, and gone different ways. And they've been reaching for the bargain bin lately with Luke De Jong, Martin Brightwaith. There's some weird signings they've had in the last couple of years, but uh, this Lewandowski clearly just going for the ball and door. That's all he wants. He just wants his respect as a top talent in all of football. It's weird to do it in a World Cup year because I feel like if you don't go far in the World Cup, you're not going to win it. Um, so that's interesting. Make the jump. It makes the Mane move. Obviously, it makes a lot more sense that the Lewandowski's leaving. He kind of fits that whole... And the Christensen, they think they need him and they need him for a whole season because they are weak in that center back spot. They still could use a person or two. I don't think they'll do no money flowing around at this club. Yeah. Ed, are you back with us? Can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Certainly can. All right. Glad to have you back with us. Uh, you know, we talked about Lewandowski going to Barcelona. Um, you know, he's looking to win the, the Ballon d'Or. He's looking to 
Um, looks like we may have lost him again. Um, okay. So can you hear us? I can hear you. All right. Perfect. So yeah. looks like he's just going there to try to win the Ballon d'Or, you know, win some stuff with Barcelona that he may not have been able to do with Bayern. Um, and how poorly financially the that Barcelona has been run. Any additional thoughts? Uh, no, exactly right about the Ballon d'Or thing. He'd have won it in 2020 if they hadn't cancelled it for no reason. Just just because of the you pandemic. Should have, yeah. They cancelled it, and I don't know why. Could have still just given him the trophy because he would have won it. Um, yeah, he's he's been at Bayern for a long time. He's scored a hell of a lot of goals for them, and he'll score a hell of a lot of goals for Barcelona, mm-hmm. especially with the likes of Rafinha and Gaffey and Pedri behind him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another move that they that Barcelona made was they uh, they they officially cut all ties to Philip Coutinho. He is officially an Aston Villa player permanently. Uh, who wants to take this one about Coutinho? Only a couple more left. Looks like we just got Juventus left after this. So Juventus and the MLS. So I think Coutinho is having a good time, and uh, I like to see it. Aston Villa is a fun club to look at. You know, just from a business perspective, it's just they, you know, they made that deal, got rid of Grealish, huge amount of money come in, and now they mm. have Coutinho playing with Steve and Gerard, and it's it's great. <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. Hey, anyone else got anything on Coutinho? Uh, I'd, I'd like Villa to do well just because I want Steve, Stevie Gerrard to be happy. Another bad Barcelona deal that oh yeah they got nothing out of, and that's part of the name more money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. that's literally their business model is we're just not going to make any money. Well, well, well for us, we got Allison and Van Dyke with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, last club we are going to talk about on the international stage, as far as players going to other international clubs, is Juventus. They added uh, Angel de Maria from PSG and brought back Paul Pogba from Manchester United. And they sent out Matias Delight from Juventus. He went to Barca, uh, to excuse me, to Bayern Munich. And uh, Paolo Dybala goes from Juventus to Roma to join up with Jose Mourinho. Um, Brian, you want to start us off on Juventus? Um, to be honest, I don't really follow Juventus very much, but I think they're always going to be a strong side. They just have Turin just has money. Uh, the north of Italy just is historically is just where all the, the money is. So that's why those clubs are always doing well. Um, the Di Maria was an interesting one. Just, I think that comes from the fact that PSG just are putting the, like literally making uh, Mbappe and Amir, like the dude is making an ungodly amount of money. So they have to cut, trim the fat elsewhere. Fair enough. Eric or Ed. I do. I do like Dybala to to Roma. Can't believe we went for free, but uh, I love Mourinho. I think that it was really fun watching them in the conference league final. Um, That was great. So. Fair enough. Eric or Ed, anything further on Juventus? 
Oh, really? It'd be interesting to see if Pogba finds his form again. Now he's back at UV, but Yeah, because he did not have a good spell with he United. He's, he was always, pretty much since the day he got there, it was always, all right, is Pogba leaving after this, this season? Is yeah. he leaving after this season? You know, it seemed like he fell out of favor very, very quickly, and he fell out of form super quick as well. So, not really sure. You know, I hope I hope he can revitalize himself over at Juve, but I don't know. At the end of the day, I feel like this team still feels short in the Serie A, unbelievably. Uh, the Pogba thing is interesting. I think he'll do well. Uh, I'll do my Americanism here. I, I like him and McKinney actually together. I think that's actually going to be a nice combination. Um, with McKinney kind of being the physical, brutal guy, and Pogba can just be the flair and do whatever he kind of wants and run the midfield. Uh, I like the Di Maria signing. You know, eventually someone had to go from PSG. I think he still has a little bit left in the legs, and they seem short and kind of the forwards. There's a couple injuries they got. Um they still, the legit is disappointing. I was actually surprised. I kind of never really worked out there, uh, but they got some good money for him and they're replacing with Bremer. I think they just think that's just uh, even flip and they save 30 mil or gain 30 mil that they could spend elsewhere. Um, but they still feel short in this area and they don't really feel like champions uh, league contenders and the ball to Roma. I feel like that's going to work. I think he's in a great talent and he'll be the superstar that that team needs. Yeah. Absolutely, I think I didn't even think about um, Pogba and McKinney together. That that should work out pretty nicely. I think if they could, you know, build off each other, and the uh, Dybala, I've liked him as well. There was there was a while. I think it was last off season, but that was when we were in limbo without a manager at Spurs, where there was rumors he might be coming to Spurs, and I was super excited about that. But obviously, with Levy not wanting to go into his pockets and there being no manager, that was never an option. Really, it was just kind of rumblings. But he lands in a nice spot. He ultimately does end up with Mourinho, just not in the Premier League. And, uh, yeah. So, last bit of news we're going to talk about in terms of transfers is uh, some players go from Europe over to the MLS. Um, Lorenzo Insigne goes from Napoli to Toronto FC. Gareth Bale, you know, what a talent he has been. Um, kind of saw his time at Madrid coming to an end. He decides to make the jump over to LAFC in the MLS. Uh, Chiellini from Juventus also joins him at LAFC. And Chiellini's former teammate at Juventus, Douglas Costa, goes over to the rival LA Galaxy. So now they'll be uh, facing off against each other in the, uh, the LA rivalry right there. Eric, we'll start with you on these MLS ads from Europe. What do you think? Yeah, they're more star attractions to add to the league. Uh, I think all the guys will respect the league. Some of the guys have came over and they're not really uh, respected uh, the league as much. And, you know, they're just it's almost just like an extended vacation of a couple years. Uh, but some, some work out and it's fine. Uh, you saw Wayne Rooney came back and is now the manager of D.C. United. So there has been success, successful ones, and I – think Bale will actually care because I think he's trying to get in shape for Wales, uh, which is obviously more important on his chart. Obviously, golf, Wales, club team. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. he yeah. When he made his debut, he, they debuted him um, at El Trafico. Chiellini was playing. 
Gareth Bale just came right from the golf course, which was so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> but his but. first touch was like a beautiful through ball behind the back, you know, heel. Um, so it seems like maybe he will care a little bit, but, you know, maybe it's still third on his priority list after the two things Eric said. Yeah, probably, most likely, but I think he'll care at least for a half a season, and it'll be good, and it'll be fun for uh, L.A. and El Trafico. Uh, Cellini, I don't think that guy can't play hard. Like, I think that guy will always kind of be good, and just he's just going to play hard and outsmart everybody, because obviously they lost a step or two. And then Insigne's huge. If he's like Javinko, that's a title contender in Toronto. Um, Javinko led them for years as just this absolute dominant side and if he comes over like that then you know it will be huge because obviously a lot of italians in toronto uh that's a big spot for them so that should work out great all these moves actually i think should at least bail for at least half a year yeah should be good brian any thoughts is this not anything more than just a uh a way to draw the fans in i mean it's it's good fun that's about it earth i thought what made me laugh was um lingard was hearing options mm-hmm. i think in chicago but i know that's out now i don't really blame him yeah i uh, i don't say that i do either i think he's got more to give in europe and th- this seems kind of you know coming over to mls i mean we, we saw it when city came along they had uh, david via and andrea pirlo and you know it, it seems like it's it's kind of a place to go for the players who are kind of being led out to pasture more or less. So it's uh Lingard does not fit into that category in my opinion. So I agree. Ed, any, anything to add on this? I know MLS is not your forte, but. No, I, well, I think that's the first time Lorenzo Antonio has been called huge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gareth Bale is brilliant for was brilliant for Spurs and Rare when he could be bothered. Yeah. Like and then, you say, it's definitely golf Wales club football and like I say Wales have got the World Cup to get ready for and he'll do well for six months. And then yeah. won't then won't bother for eighteen. Uh when I don't um, much Douglas Costa but Keeling is one of the best defenders ever. So. Yeah it, it's ultimately it's a it's a draft to get new fans involved. LAFC is a newer club. Um, Gareth Bale, I mean, when he came back on loan from Madrid, what was it, two years ago now? Um, yeah. He was he was okay at best. Like, he was not the Gareth Bale that we sent out to Madrid all those years ago. So he's definitely he hatchet, at the though. end. He doesn't care. He had, yeah, he had, he had some brilliant games, but he uh, – overall underwhelming for what we thought we were getting. So, all right. If there's nothing more to add, we're going to close out with our Bruce Banner's bandwagon. We're all going to say one bandwagon we're jumping on and one we're jumping off. We'll start with Eric, give the other guys some time to think if they don't already have one. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, go hopefully everyone else is too. Uh, I'm going to hop on the uh, non-bread wave, we'll call it. Uh, big fan. Had some non-pizza tonight for my That's dinner. N-A-A-N, right? Non-bread? Yeah, yeah I'm hopping on. I, I think it's delicious. I think it works in a lot of different ways. You can do a lot of things with it. Uh, I'm hopping on. It's a new thing that you know I just recently tried for the first time. 
So I'm all in on it. You know, I'm a big believer. And uh, bandwagon, I'm getting off. I'm getting off the COVID bandwagon. This is this is it. I'm actually finally going to return to work here. <laughs> and um, this is it. I'm, I'm done with this COVID for now. Uh, till I guess the next time, Seth. We'll, see, we'll probably meet again at some point, but I'm hopping off the COVID bandwagon. All right. I'm glad to hear that. We don't want anyone to be sick. We don't want anyone to no, be uh, we do not want that. hurting. So glad you're you're feeling better. You're getting back to, to full yeah. health here. Um, so Brian, would you like to go next? Yeah, bandwagon I'm hopping on is I'm going to drink some scotch after this, so <laughs> that's what I'm hopping on. That's a good band dog. I, yeah, I just you know just bought some. I live in Virginia right now, so it's like the the state government decides what alcohol I can drink. So I bought scotch when I was in New York that I brought back. Oh. <laughs> so that's great. Um, bandwagon I'm hopping off of is the Netflix one. Um, they're piloting in South America, charging you three dollars extra a month for having a like using someone else's account, a different household. And I think that's uh, it's pretty stupid. <laughs> that's outrageous. I don't think I know a single person that has their own Netflix account. And that's why <laughs> they're, they're trying to get more money out of everyone else because they need it because their yeah, subscribers are dropping off. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, the greed of some of these companies. I heard they're also going to try the commercial thing too, where they make where they yep. you only pay a small amount or, or lesser amount than whatever it is now nineteen dollars twenty dollars whatever it is. Uh, it will be less than that, obviously, and they'll actually do ads and run ads. So, you know, they they're trying a lot of things to make up for the their wax. I feel like just better content would get more subscribers, but that's just me. That's just my thoughts. Fair enough, Ed. What do you got? Uh, one that I'm getting off of is all of the. I know it's not really been a bandwagon for a while, but the Snyder stuff on Twitter and pretty much Twitter in general is mostly accessible. So. <laughs> That's the exact word I was going to use. So, especially the restore the Snyder cut and restore the Snyderverse stuff is really annoying me so get rid of that one it's more like a bandwagon i'm considering getting on it's ice hockey oh yes i thought about having a go and maybe i'll get some advice from you absolutely um in, you know in case you didn't hear i did a two hour and 45 minute podcast on it last <laughs> week so I, if there's somebody you're looking for for advice probably the right guy so, um, no, I think that's, that's great. Um, you know, it's, I, and this is not just me saying this. I know a lot of people have in the past compared it, the pace of play to that of, of soccer. So I think that's the exciting part about it with a little bit more physicality. Obviously there is some physicality, but, um, when players are, as you said before, hitting the deck, they're popping right back up or they're taking shots to the face or things like that. It's definitely a, uh, uh, I don't know if violence the right word, but it's a physical sport. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It looks so you and I will chat about that offline. Oh. <laughs> um, so bandwagon, I am 
apologizing that I ever jumped off and I'm jumping back onto it. I don't know what episode it was, but I had jumped off the San Diego Comic-Con Funko Pops. I had said that they were not a good batch and I was wrong. There are a lot of good ones that have come out. I had forgotten at the time. Um, I'll be purchasing at least two, possibly more. Um, and my bank account is not going to be happy with it, but I can now live in peace that I reconciled that and that I am on the San Diego Comic-Con Funko bandwagon. Bandwagon I am jumping off is uh, the, the people who are mad at Johnny Gaudreau for taking to going to Columbus. Yes, he left money on the table, but the dude wanted to play where he wanted to play. And if he's going to take less money so that he could be in a place where he's going to be happy with the fan base and he's going to be happy with his line mates and he's going to, he thinks they have a long-term future, leave him alone. Dude's making nine, $9.75 million a year that you're not. So let him make his own decisions and let him figure it out. If he's screwed up and he's going to not win a championship because of it, that's on him. But don't, you know, stop giving him an earful. Let him, let him be. So that's, uh, that's my bandwagon. That's mostly that's directed at. Mostly directed at Flyers, Devil, Devils, and Islanders fans uh, because they're the ones who are complaining about it the most. Um, I feel like yeah. that was the biggest hit. The Gaudreau thing was not Johnny. It was actually uh, Calgary as a city. I feel like it was like, oh, Calgary kind of sucks as a city. Like That's my, my, that's my takeaway. Well, well, yeah, well, at I least mean, that's what John seems to think. Yeah, now that Matthew Kachuk has said he's not going to sign there, yeah, it's a whole thing. We'll get into it next week. Um, but... Anyone else have anything to plug? Eric, you got anything you need to plug? No, thanks for having me on. And if I sound nasally, I apologize. All right. You're good. Brian, anything you want to plug? Social media, anything like that? Or any anything you're working on you want to plug? Whatever. No, I'm all set. All right. Thanks for having and me on. Ed, anything you need to plug? Nothing for me. Ask Smartest Weirdos on YouTube, but whatever time it is on a Monday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for leading me into that. Um, it follow the rest of the nerd life network um, on either YouTube or wherever you get your podcast Sunday night, Bobby's freaking podcast with Brian, Mark and Mike Monday's earth's mightiest weirdos. Just uh, this past Monday, they did the kept miss Marvel episode six finale review. Um, really great episode. We had a special guest, um, who was actually who has actually also been on the Phase Zero podcast? So go check that one out on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Tuesday nights, Comics and Cinema with Alex Klein just did his Miss Marvel full series wrap up. He did not do week to week. Wednesday, Agents of Field, mostly in podcast form, sometimes live. Thursdays, Nerdy Girls After Dark with Sarah, Maya, Kara, Jalen, and follow us on social media, Instagram. Agents of Field Podcast on Twitter at Podcast AOF. Brian, Ed, Eric, thank you so much for joining us. Ed, thanks for staying up late. You know, I know it's a five hour time gap, but thanks for staying up to join us. Ten hours. Yeah. So we had a really great time. And until next time, we will see you at Wembley. <laughs>